Hey everybody, this is Jade and welcome to another episode of Jade Start Secrets podcast. I recently caught up with Elise Grace, who's an ex-professional sports athlete turned entrepreneur and podcast host of the Trillions podcast. She's an extremely inspirational young woman and we caught, about, caught up and talked about all things related to entrepreneurship, relationships with partners in business, investing, as well as some really cool mindset and uh, marketing tips for your business as well. So I hope that you enjoy the episode and let us know what you think by giving us um, a rating and also leaving us a review. Enjoy the episode. So the big question is this, how do we have the freedom we crave so badly when we're stuck in jobs we don't like, leaving us unfulfilled, exhausted and trapped? What if I told you that you're already qualified enough to start building a life on your terms, the life of your dreams? That is the question, and this podcast will show you how by giving you the answers. My name is Jade Weller, and welcome to Jade Start Secrets Podcast. I think we're good. (laughs) Welcome, guys, and thank you so much for coming on the show, Elise. Thank you so much for having me. So I've actually had the privilege of hearing Elise's story, and it's a phenomenal one, so I can't wait for you to share it. So maybe perhaps we can start from the start. So maybe share a little bit about your sporting background and how you transitioned into business. Yeah, cool. Well, for many years growing up, um, I think in the end it was 12 years, um, I played soccer at a reasonably high level in, in Australia. Um, so yeah, I was playing soccer a lot and, um, keeping really fit. And then I decided to retire and go into running, you know, running events like those 10 K half marathons that you see people do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I blitzed those and was smashing them and, and wanted a new challenge. Then I got into running full marathons, doing sprint distance triathlons. And then one day, um, somebody I knew did a full Ironman and I was super inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to do my first full Ironman the year, the next year. Mm-hmm. And so I just signed up for a full um, without ever having done Olympic distance or um, half Ironman distance triathlons. And yeah, just went straight for the full Ironman, smashed that in uh, just under 15 hours. And then after Ironman, they have this thing when they talk about like post Ironman depression. I didn't have depression, but I I was kind of like, okay, what's my next challenge? What's my next mm-hmm. mountain to climb? What's my next obstacle to smash and, uh, and accomplish? And so it took me a while. I worked a couple of different jobs and started a few different businesses and then lived in China for a bit before starting my online coaching business. So yeah, that's the long and the short of it. Wow. So when you said you did the marathon without training, have you guys, I don't know if you've seen that episode of How I Met Your Mother where Barney Stinson goes, you don't train for the marathon, you just do the marathon. No, I haven't seen it. But I mean, it's if you've got a base level of fitness, you you can do... I mean, a little bit of training, but you could do a full marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of training with the Ironman is recommended. But um, it's mostly the mindset. Like, yeah. as we know, with business as well, it's mostly in the mind. If you tell yourself, I could never do that, then you're never going to do it. So yeah. it's all about belief first. Absolutely. So you mentioned your first business, proper business, was in China. So how did you find setting up a business? In, like, did you set it up over here and then just operate it out of China? Or sort of, what are, they, what are the logistics of I didn't actually start a business in China. So oh. I, I, I had a business in Australia, a media yeah. company, and um, we did a bunch of really cool real estate work and um, and a couple of wedding style stuff. And then um, I shelved that and I moved to China to teach English. Just oh, I wanted to yeah. tick the box of living in another country. Yeah. And, um, and I love 
you know, the Chinese are going to be one, the, the world's number one economy in years to come. India, these these massively populated countries are, are really uh, becoming modernized and there's a lot of opportunity happening over there. So I really wanted to get into China and have a look and a great way of getting a visa is to work. So uh, working as a teacher is paid really, really well and it's revered actually. So being mm. a teacher over there is like being a doctor. Oh, um, wow. Parents really loved us and would buy us gifts and I worked at a, a top um, school in Shanghai. So I really wanted to learn the language as well because uh, my future business and my vision of where I'm going and what I'm doing involves maybe some negotiation with Chinese. So learning about their their um, lifestyle and their traditions is something I've been fascinated in for mm. a long time. So I thought the best way to, to learn would be to go there myself. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you completely. Like the world, I think they're the, the number one spoken language in the world as well. Maybe, yeah. Mandarin, yeah. We, um, I started to learn it a little bit in my corporate job and I have a whole new appreciation for kids learning languages versus yeah. adults. Like it was so much easier learning when I was a kid than it is as an adult. So, yeah. yeah. I was teaching kids, um, oh, well, my kids were two to three years old and some of the six-year-olds could speak four, five different languages wow. fluently, read, write and speak. Um, awesome. like English, their native tongue, their native tongue dialect, then um, Mandarin and Cantonese or Mandarin and Shanghainese. So, wow. Yeah, pretty cool. That's amazing. Mm. And so when you came back to Australia, you said you shelved the company before you went. Did you come back and get straight back into business or? Um, well, when I came back, actually, my health suffered a little bit being in China. So um, the pollution mm. over there, uh, I wasn't really exercising. Like I was <laughs> It was, it was really weird. I was It was like a paradox. I, if I exercise, then I'd be breathing in heavy pollution. Mm. Um, it's really hard to exercise with a big mask on your face. And gym air conditioners aren't, um, aren't purified air. So the pollution in Shanghai is super toxic and not um, not good for you So in most of the time, not all the time. Mm. So I decided not really to exercise. I tried doing a little bit in my, in my hotel room, uh, sorry, my apartment room where I lived. And then, so when I came back from a, from China, plus the food is full of oil, actually. It's mm. delicious, but it's full of oil. <laughs> um, so when I came back to Australia, I was really focused on my health and just, I, I got a job with a mentor, uh, a nannying job, and then I was also doing sales and helping my friend start up her online business. So I was like working from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., mm. just, just working hard out, collecting the cash, banking cash, and then exercising, banking cash, exercising. And I just was just head down, bum up, getting back on my feet as soon as I got back. Yeah. And then after a while, I kind of came up for air and um, and shifted a couple of the jobs away and um, and I helped my friend build her business to 20K a month. And then I, I was thinking to myself, why don't I do something like this myself? I was mm. working for her, but also mentoring her at the same time a little bit, giving her belief in herself and, mm. and um, teaching her a little bit what sales I was doing and she was teaching me. So... I was I was thinking to myself, why don't I do this for my myself? So then I started coaching my partner, who is in the health and fitness space. Uh, how she was asking me questions, and so I, was, I ended up coaching her on how to start her business. And I had a mentor at the time, and so then uh, after helping her quit her job this year, um, I you know at the start of this year I was like, okay, I've got to I've got to really take this seriously and and reach out to more people and serve more people. Yeah, make more of an impact. So, and so yeah. since then, you've launched your podcast, Trillions, which is a podcast interviewing millionaires and billionaires. And you've had some pretty high-profile caliber guests on that podcast. So you've had Grant Cardone, Elena, Lewis Mocha, and a few others as well. Maybe talk to us a bit about the process, about how you went about finding these guests, but also getting them on your podcast. Yeah, so um, Trillions was really cool to launch. I actually had some interviews last year and was planning on it and launching it then, but 
didn't with all the things business happening. Um, but yeah, I, Grant Cardone, I mean, he put up a snap, uh, an Insta snap about being in Brisbane for the success resources event. And of course I was attending that. And so I just, uh, emailed the, the email that he had on his, on his, um, Instagram. So it's, Truthfully, not that impressive, but I did. I did follow up hardcore. I did back myself. A lot of people um, who I tell the story to say to themselves, oh, "I would never even ask Grant Cardone. I haven't launched. I hadn't even launched an episode when I interviewed Grant." Then wow. um, I also interviewed my old mentor, Philip DeBella, and Gary V is a cool story. So yeah. th at the same event that Grant was at, Grant Cardone. Uh, sorry, Gary V was uh, was doing a what do you call it, a keynote speech mm -hmm. on behalf of Success Resources. He was the final speech, so the, the big shot. And then instead of doing just speaking at us, he said, let's do a Q&A and set up a couple of mics in the room and said, anyone with questions, let's uh, let's take some questions and I'll do a Q&A sesh. So uh, I was sitting in my seat and I was thinking, should I, shouldn't I? And, and my instant response was, get up there, Elise, go for it. This is your chance. And then the, you know, the fear kicked in and all these, yeah. you know, reasons why I shouldn't, um, started coming up and then I overrode that and I was like just get up there stand in line you'll figure out what to ask when you're there and so I was standing there listening to people asking the standard questions you know Gary V I've got this type of business and I'm struggling to get leads what should I do and the standard questions that people ask him and so I was thinking how can I be different how can I stand out I really want to make an impression on and then it occurred to me I've got this podcast so I asked him I just said hey Gary V I told him a bit about my past and starting a media business um, wanting to create something like him with Vayner and I gave him a little bit more about my backstory and then I said look I'm just a small fish so before you shoot me down he was like I'll do it and I was like yeah awesome and so the crowd was clapping and cheering and um, it was very exciting so yeah he agreed to be on the podcast and then I asked him for a photo and he was like now you're fucking pushing it <laughs> I was like okay and I was planning on flying to the US to interview him in person this year but obviously corona time so um, that didn't happen but I interviewed him through zoom he kindly gave me 20 minutes of his time and we had a great chat uh, he opened up about things that I haven't heard him talk about before like um, his investing and mistakes that he's made and how he deals with that kind of thing and um, yeah, just really interesting questions. I was fascinated with his investments. You know, he's mm -hmm. invested in something like 60 different companies, similar mm -hmm. to Tony Robbins um, with Tony's investing yeah. um, projects. So, yeah, that was really cool. That was a cool moment to interview Gary Vee. He's been a, an idol of mine for a while. Dr. John DiMartini as well. Yeah. Amazing guy. Lewis Mocker. Yeah. Um, some of the big names in Australia too, like Brian White, CEO of mm -hmm. Ray White. Um, and, um, yeah, some cool cats in Brizzy too. That's awesome. I love that. I, we actually teach our students. I assume it's called the Dream 100 strategy. You know it well. I had um, to Google it recently. <laughs> Someone, yeah. And that's exactly all it is. It's just leveraging the Dream 100 to be able to get your name out there and, and accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. But I love that you admitted your fears. Like it's so often we see all of these people just going out there and smashing it and doing it. And we sit back and we think, oh, we're different to them because they've got all of this confidence or they're this persona that, you know, it's just made for them. But really the reality is everyone has fears. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And so what are some tips around mindset that you've used to accomplish your heights in both your sporting profession and in business and with your podcast recently? I think um, one of the most important things is having a like a clear vision of where you plan to get to in your lifetime and beyond. So um, it sounds super cliche, but having a why. Uh, but yeah. yeah, just for me at the moment, I mean, it doesn't 
some mentors say it needs to be fully mapped out and you need to have it all written down and planned out and chunked down perfectly. But the like, let's be frank, it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And even if you have the perfect path, it's going to get screwed up along the way. So I just have a vision of myself uh, at the end of my life, having impacted millions, if not billions of people across the planet and um, going to outer space, you know, on one of the commercial space flights, mm-hmm. I plan to meet people like Elon Musk and uh, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson. So in order to get to that caliber of friendship or even just a meeting, I it's important for me to keep elevating in my life. So mm. that's why I um, I push the limits in the, in the, the smallest stuff in my day-to-day. And, yeah, there's days where I don't feel motivated or I, I feel um, – I feel like I'm not worth it, but it's becoming a lot less and less and having tools now that I've paid for and learnt from mentors to be able to in- enhance my mindset mm-hmm. around how to um, how to really live and breathe uh, what it takes to get to that level. Yeah. You mentioned about wanting to go to space and meet all these incredible people and I know you have a legacy. So maybe do you want to share a little bit about your legacy and, and wh- where it is you see yourself going in the future? Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, I, I see myself uh, regularly speaking in, on, on stages in front of large people, large audiences of people. And um, and I'm not even sure specifically what about. I see myself as owning companies that impact the lives of many people through who I employ and also through who we help. Um, at the moment, coaching is, is really fulfilling. Like I'm helping people build their businesses, build their confidence, teaching them everything that I know about communication, business strategy, marketing. And so, yeah, the legacy that I want to leave as a woman um, is to tell the stories of all the challenges that I've had in my life because there's been so many, Mm. um, you know, even from being, uh, I guess you could say homeless where I was sleeping in my sister's car and and selling roses on the street to pay my rent. So, you know, the real hustle stories to where I'm at now, to where I'm going, Mm. I, I feel it's super important to share because a lot of people will be able to relate and then give themselves permission to shine and permission to start their own businesses and move forth in the direction that they want to go in rather than holding themselves back because they feel like they're not worth it or they feel like they don't have the credentials. Um, Yeah, at the end of the day, everyone's just doing the best that they can and um, as long as you're helping people along the way and you're, um, you're living your best life, I think that that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think too, when you're focusing on the future, you're not being a victim to your past anymore either. And like I found with, you know, things that have happened in my past and part of my story, the moment you stop reflecting on the past, you almost give yourself permission to start focusing on the future instead. And I actually love everything that's happened in my past. Like I think the story is what makes us like our character, what makes up our personality, like you said, makes us super relatable. And so, yeah, I, I think think embrace your past and your story and yeah. own it and break those molds because you know the more you focus on the future the more mold you're going to break yeah that's and, right and so you and I have a very similar mentor well sorry not similar the same mentor uh yeah. Lewis Mocker and he talks about um knowing he's like his life plan his life goal and, and mapping out for longer than just the years that you're going to be on this earth and mm. so um when you met so how old do you plan to live uh, 111 so I lived through three centuries that's awesome so I when you said that on I heard you say that on another podcast Lewis is the same I yeah. think he was 111 too um, and it got me thinking what age do I want to live to and 
um, yeah, like 111 is a super cool age because it's 111 and you live through three centuries. But my husband's like nine years older than me. So yeah. I was like, I don't want to outlive him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so talk to us a little bit about, so what's your life plan? Uh, sorry, what's your legacy beyond when you're on this earth? So what do That's you want to leave question. behind? Um, I want to leave behind a company that uh, is something that is serving the community and also something that is something that my future generations can be proud of and they can look at and think, wow, that's so inspiring. And like I said, give themselves permission to go forth and start a business or, you know, who knows what the future is going to be like. But yeah, um, give themselves permission to go out there and serve the people in a great way. I don't want to give them a big trust fund lump sum of cash because I don't yeah. think that that serves people. In fact, I think it can be uh, a disservice to people to have um, handouts like that mm. because they haven't had to go through enough struggles well they had their own struggles like let's yeah. face it every people with trust funds have their own struggles and things that they need to deal with so the plan is to make sure that my family is set up so that they can live um with with the basics and live with health and longevity and things like that and then they can it gives them the ability to fulfill what their greatest and highest values are and fulfill what their greatest dreams are um obviously when you when you grow up in a middle class low low what is it, low socioeconomic yeah. to middle class family, you have to get through the rubble of being able to just pay the basics before you can even think about uh, building something inspiring. So, mm. um, yeah, survival mode isn't the best mode to be in for creativity. Yeah, I agree. And so you've actually, you talk a lot on your podcast about financing, investing and all of that kind of stuff. So um, maybe share, like, what's your tip when it comes to if like some of our audience haven't ever started investing like yeah. what would be your tip for entrepreneurs when they're juggling the the cost of starting a business the cost of growing a business trying to you know pay themselves a, a salary at a wage and then transition yeah. after that into okay so how can I start to diversify my income to grow wealth what would be um, some tips or some advice that you would give them yeah well I highly recommend that you do your own research and you understand what investment options are out there I mean there's there's a few common ones so there's property there's um, there's investing in index funds, which is what my preferred method of investing. I mean, returns of eight to twelve percent per annum on average is pretty good um, mm. compared to buying a, a property, which, in my opinion, is something that um, is stuck there and you have to renovate and um, and it, it can go down in value or up in value depending on the market. Whereas, uh, you know, a diversified index fund is is a relatively safe option. Um, mm. Stocks is also good, but again, don't listen to the media. Make sure that you do your own research. You understand. The mathematics behind it and, and check out if a, a company that you're going to invest in is underpriced or overpriced and whether or not it's a good option to put your cash into um yeah don't buy into the hype of elon musk and tesla <laughs> obviously calculate it has been a good investment at times and it hasn't been a good investment at other times so you actually do the mathematical calculations and then you know there's bitcoin um i don't know enough about bitcoin so i don't i, I have a little bit of bitcoin from the early days when i bought uh but I don't know enough about it, so I don't touch it at the moment. Um, I think it is worthwhile investigating, but mm. yeah, I mean, my best investment advice is to talk to people who have the results that you want rather yeah. than listening to your friends and family because your friends and family don't have the lifestyle and the cars and the houses and the, the holidays and the, the time freedom that you want, then their investment advice is probably not the advice that you want to take. Yeah, that's so true. We say the same thing in business. Don't take the advice from your 
family and friends about what you should do in your business if they're not your perfect customer yeah. as well. It's the same principle. Yeah, so true. Absolutely. And so I know that your partner, Jacinta, she's an entrepreneur. Like you mentioned you helped her launch her business and get that up and running. So um, I know what it's like being in a relationship where you're both as passionate as you are about business. And sometimes I know with Aaron and I, there's no switching off because we just yeah. love it so much. Like our Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights will be spent working on the business instead of having downtime yeah um and so with your relationship with Jacinta have you got any um tips in how you can maintain that healthy relationship balance when your partner's an entrepreneur as well yeah I think in business it's super important there's this I think it's called Moore's law if you uh, something will take as long as you allow yourself to take to get that that task completed so if you Mm. tell yourself I work every day and whenever the business demands I I drop everything and I run to it then it's your business will fill all your hours and you won't have any time to yourself. So it's important to have a strict, you know, I have a, a strict morning routine of three hours. It's at least time. It's in my calendar, uh, exercise, stretching, breakfast, shower, getting dressed, all of that. And then in the afternoon, I have a, a routine as well. It's not always perfect, but it is there. And I do adhere to it most of the time. And then for my partnership, which is what you actually asked me about, yeah. um, I have all of Sunday, which I spend with Jacinta. So yeah. if for any reason we go out for dinner on a Saturday night, like we did last night, we had a bit of fun. Um, we like Sunday tomorrow afternoon is going to be spent on business. So if we do Saturday night hanging out, then we usually go through to Sunday midday and then we'll spend Sunday afternoon working to make up for the Saturday time spent um, with each other. So it's Sunday is our strict day where we have together and we usually go to the markets and, um, grab a coffee. We either go to the beach or climb a mountain or, um, just chill out by the pool, read books, watch movies, like whatever we feel like on the day, or we might plan it in advance. Um, and usually on Saturday nights, we go out to a, a nice restaurant. Like we love fine dining. So, um, yeah, just choosing new and upcoming beautiful restaurants. We love going out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we do it. I mean, it's just important that we, we set that time aside and we're very strict with that. Um, but yeah, if anything urgent comes up, then we, we cater into Saturday, but Fridays are usually spent working and Saturdays as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. They're great tips. And so I, I, I know that you've mentioned um, previously in discussions that uh, understanding your partner's love language as well. Like Aaron and I, we did that love language test online and yeah. our love language is the same, which was really helpful. Oh, that's so, so convenient. Yeah, and it's quality time. And so we could literally be sitting beside each other, like, you know, doing, like he might be doing uni or I might be doing uni or work or whatever. And we honestly just feel like we're around each other just giving each other love which is amazing but if you're not in a relationship like that understand each other's love language so you can give love in that in the same way as well on the time that you do get to spend together yeah yeah Yeah. definitely and so in terms of that your business and and your pr uh, so you do pr communication coaching kind of stuff um what would be your best tip for an entrepreneur starting out to be able to get their name out there and to be able to communicate their message properly yeah well i think it podcasts are a really cool way to get your name out there like um it's it's great meeting you today jay because we have so many similar interests and we'll probably become friends and so mm-hmm. i think that it's really important as a young or as a young or whatever age entrepreneur you are getting started network your ass off so yeah. go and find other people that have similar interests to you or building similar businesses to you so you can tell each other ideas and new mm. concepts and new strategies and also just be a support network you know in entrepreneurship it can be a, a little bit of a lonely journey when you're working so much and you're saying no to events so if you've got a a group of supportive friends and who are entrepreneurs and you're sharing ideas and 
it also helps your self-belief and your belief in your mission and where you're going because other people are on the journey with you. But if you're uh, start trying to start your own business and you've got your work colleagues are your friends and they're constantly talking about the nine to five and the drinks on the weekend and, you know, work Monday to Friday and party all weekend, then go back to work on Monday depressed, then um, your self-belief and your idea and where you're going when they're, you know, sucking you back down into where they're at yeah. isn't going to really help. So yeah, network, find a group of people who have similar interests and belief in themselves and in you and what you're doing. So you, you give yourself permission to shine. You don't have so much of that imposter syndrome. And then um, to get their name out there, I highly recommend jumping on podcasts, um, hosting events so that you can get the media involved. You can get some media uh, coverage. Um, find somebody like myself who can guarantee you articles and, and get published as soon as you can. Uh, make sure you've got a Google My Business listing as well. That's super important. Uh, and you you have, you know, images and things like that on Google SEO optimized. And then, yeah, just making sure you're over the social media platforms. I mean, think about it. If you have a cafe and you never put signs out to say, hi, I'm open, or you don't even have your name on the front of your cafe, why would anyone go there? Mm. Um, same with how you dress in the cafe. Are you going to dress like a slob or are you going to look <laughs> nice at a cafe and do your hair and makeup? It's the same with uh, having an online business. It's important to dress nicely. So even if you're just at home, um, at least do makeup, even if you're in casual clothes. And then um, also make sure that your online presence looks good. It's the equivalent of having a cafe. So make sure your social media banners look tidy. Make sure that you're plastering your Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn with posts about what you're doing. And if you love your business and you're in your like it's your mission to achieve what you're doing, you want to tell people about it. So plaster it everywhere so your friends and family know what you're about. And then when they're out at dinner with, you know, not even with you, they can promote you. Yeah. And so I think that having that online shop front is really, really important and making sure that it's quality because someone will judge your shop front online as, you know, if, if it's quality, then they'll think that your product is quality as well. Yeah, that's some really good tips. Thank yeah. you so much. I feel like you guys have gotten so much value and, and awesome tips that you can implement into your business, your relationships, your investing life as well. And if you want to find out even more, then check out the Trillions podcast. It's full of quality content, amazing entrepreneurs. You'll at least be inspired, if not, have some incredible tips to implement in your business as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. To having you, having a catch up with you outside of the show. Sounds great. Thank you, Jade. <laughs> See you guys. If you found value in this podcast, please let me know by leaving a review. It takes 30 seconds and tells me that you're loving receiving the content from me. It takes time to think of, record and edit these podcasts and I do it to help you on your journey. So please let me know what you think. If you're ready to launch a business, I have a brand new course which will give you the coaching I've been doing with my one-on-one -on -one clients for the past four years inside of a group coaching platform without the expensive price tag of the one-on-one -on -one coaching and it's delivered online with weekly check-ins so even the busiest person like me can manage the course load. I work a full-time job, am studying at uni and running my own successful consulting business so everything I create for you as my client is tested to make sure it can be achieved with the busiest lifestyle. I've priced the course so it's cheaper than a couple of Uber Eat meals a week and you will get me as your business coach, taking you through the entire process to launch your business successfully with the proper foundations for growth. So if you're ready to take the next step to break your mold and achieve the lifestyle you deserve, click on the link in the show notes and sign up for the Launchpad course. If you haven't got a business idea yet, I offer a seven-day business idea challenge, which will help you find your purpose or why in life 
and match it with any number of epic business ideas. You do this challenge with a group of people so you can bounce ideas around and learn from everybody's insights. The challenge has been a huge success. So if you're ready to find your purpose or an epic business idea and learn how to validate it before launching it, sign up for the challenge and join our next intake. I appreciate you all for listening and I hope you have an amazing day wherever you're listening in the world.